How's everybody doing? You guys ready for this new year? You better believe it, man. This is going to be a great year. Last week we talked about dreaming again, about how Nehemiah was um, really a man of God who heard from God, and and he he wanted to. Um, he wanted to fulfill God's plans, and so he prayed and he fasted. And, um, and this year is a year where I, I felt like God was saying that it's time to dream again. It's time to pursue God and draw near to him. Amen? Amen. And so how do we find breakthrough and direction in our life? God wants us to seek him for that. Praying and fasting allows us to hear him clearly. And I have this little story that I love sharing because it reminds me that when we pray and when we fast and when we seek him for direction in our life, God speaks to us. God encounters us in a tangible way. There was a time a number of years ago when... um, the, there was, it wasn't this worship team, but I was on the worship team, and I was um, a sound guy. And one of the things I noticed, the worship team, they were, just, they were just loving on Jesus, and they were hearing from God, and I wanted to hear from him. And so I decided in my heart that I wanted to, I wanted to hear like they were hearing. They were experiencing God in a way that I, I didn't understand. And so um, I decided that I was going to draw near to God. I was going to seek him. I was going to pray to him. And, and, and what I did was I, I went on a 21-day fast. Uh, It was a partial fast. And and what had happened was as I began to seek him, he began to speak to me in my dreams. He began to to allow the scripture to to come alive. And, And then at the end of it, right Towards the end of it, something happened that uh, changed my view of how we worship and understanding that he, he does speak to us. He does move in a supernatural way. And so what ha- happened was I was in the sound booth and, um, and we were worshiping. Everybody was worshiping and my, and my hands were raised and my eyes were closed. I wasn't focused on anything. I was just seeking him. And all of a sudden, this gust of wind just came over my face. And what it felt like was, it felt like a, um, when, you, when you drive like 50 miles uh, down the road and 50 miles per hour, and you stick your head out the window, and this, you know, you try to breathe outside, and it's so hard to breathe. Has anybody ever done that before? Yeah, every kid, every kid, everybody's a kid in here, and uh, and so I, that's what it felt like. It felt like I couldn't breathe, and so immediately I just opened my eyes, and I was like, okay, somebody's playing a joke on me, and so I looked around, and I thought, oh, maybe the window's open. All the windows were closed. And for this worship team, they always wanted the, 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 the fans on. And that Sunday, none of the fans were on. And so I thought, whoa, what is this? And, and so um, it talks about in, in the word about how the spirit came. And it was like, a, like the sound of a roaring, rushing wind coming down and blowing on. And, and this sound in Acts chapter 2, this sound echoed and people came. And so I looked around and nobody else was experiencing that. And I realized 
It taught me that fasting produces supernatural experiences. And that experience is to experience it with God. It's to encounter Him. It's to draw near to Him. And so drawing near to God through fasting and praying is is one of the tools that produces lasting spiritual change that we can experience today. In the New Testament, fasting is a thing in the kingdom. It's a kingdom application. It's something that we, we live. Jesus wanted us to live with this application in our life. And the reason is, is that Jesus never intended for you to battle by yourself. He never intended you to invade this earth by yourself. You need his spirit. You need him to guide you through with the spirit. Because we are weak and we are helpless. But where we are weak, he is strong. He is our strength. Amen? Amen. And so drawing near to God is, is the goal of fasting. That's the goal. And so we're going to read, if you just turn in your Bibles, to 1 Samuel chapter 7. We're going to go through this chapter, most of the verses. And, and what's, going to be, what's going to happen in this, text is that, in this text is that we're going to see a breakthrough that happens. We're going to see a breakthrough where God breaks through into a nation's uh, life. And this is one of the clearest examples in the Bible of, of how when we, we, we fast, when we draw near to God, He draws near to us. He responds to those who seek after Him. He responds. I love that word from Anne. That He, he is welcoming you. It's time. Now is the time to draw near. And so... Um, what is happening in this, uh, in this text um, is that the nation is, is brought to repentance. And, and they obey. Um, Samuel uh, calls them to repentance and they obey. And God heals and, and removes strongholds in their life, in their personal life and in, as a nation. And so some of the things that we'll see in this chapter is that through fasting and prayer, what seems like human weakness actually proves to be God's strength. It proves to be God's strength. Through fasting, it it actually exposes sin. and, And what God does is God removes strongholds in our lives and He fights our battles. We have a greater advocate. We have one, we read this morning, we have one who pleads for us. One who prays for us when we feel like nobody's praying for us. What's going on? Jesus prays for you. Jesus prays for you. And lastly, the only one who can give us true peace is Jesus himself. And so I'm going I'm to start in verse 1, but I just have to give a little bit of background because... Uh, um, it's important. It's important to understand Israel's spiritual and emotional state. And you have to read back in chapter 4. I'm just summarizing chapter 4, 5, and 6. Um, and what has happened is, is um, there was this great battle, this battle between Israel and, and uh, the Philistines. And when they went into battle, they brought in the Ark of God. 
the Ark of the Covenant. And what the Ark of the Covenant was, was it was a symbol of God's presence to, to Israel, that, that God was present, that God was tangible in their life. But what ended up happening was they, they brought this ark and they used it as a luck charm. They used it like one of those WWJD bracelets. They thought, oh, since this is with me, I am, I'm, we're going to be okay. And so they, they went with an object, but they didn't go with God. And so what ends up happening is they lose the battle. They feel terrible. They feel fearful. The enemy takes the ark. They don't know what to do. They go back to their homes. And then, then sickness breaks out into the enemy camp, and they send the ark back. And it ends, up in, um, it ends up back in Israel. And then um, they don't know how to um, uh, take care of the ark because God had uh, specific uh, rules and, and, and ways he wanted his people to approach the ark, to approach his presence. And so, um, and so what had happened was... Um, the ark uh, had been in this town called Beth Shemesh, and it killed 70 people. And they didn't know how to handle the ark, and so they called to another town to come take the ark. And then that's where we're kind of picking up. And so in verse 1, it says, So the men of Kirith-Jerim came to get the ark of the Lord, and they took it to the hillside, the home of Abimadad, and ordained Eleazar, his son, to be in charge of it. Verse 2 is so important. The ark remained in Kerajerim for a long time, 20 years in all. During that time, all Israel mourned because it seemed the Lord had abandoned them. When we start this new year, sometimes we get this fear like things don't add up. And we wonder, how do we start over? How do we do something new when we feel like God is not with us. But we know that, like Nate was saying, we don't live by our feelings. We live by the word of God. We live by faith in his word. We, we live by him. And so Samuel, in verse 3, he, he, he speaks to them. He says, Samuel says to the people, if you're serious about wanting to return to the Lord, it says, return to the Lord with all your heart. Get rid of your foreign gods and your images of Ashtoreth. He says, determine to obey only the Lord. And, and then he will rescue you from the Philistines. So the Israelites got rid of their images of Baal and Asterisk, and they worshiped only the Lord. Verse 5, then Samuel told them, gather all the Israelite, Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah, and, and in a great ceremony, they drew water from a well, and they poured it out before the Lord. And they went without food all day, so they went on a fast, and they confessed that they had sinned against the Lord. It was at Mizpah that, that Samuel became Israel's judge. He became a leader among the people. Verse 7, then when the Philistines' rulers heard that Israel had gathered at Mizpah, 
They mobilized their army and advanced. The Israelites were badly frightened when they learned that the the Philistines were approaching. Verse 8. And then the people, they're crying out. They're, 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 They're seeing that the enemy is on their way. And they say to Samuel, don't stop pleading with the Lord, our God, to save us from the Philistines. And so they beg Samuel. So Samuel took a young lamb and he offered it to the Lord as a whole burnt offering. And he pleaded with the Lord to help Israel. And the Lord answered him. Verse 10. Just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the the Philistines arrived to attack Israel. But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day, and the Philistines were thrown into such confusion fusion, that the Israelites defeated them. The men of Israel chased them from Mizpah to the place of Bethkar, slaughtering them all along the way. Verse 12, then Samuel took a large stone and he placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshna, and he named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. And he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. Verse 13, so the Philistines were subdued and they didn't invade Israel again for some time. And throughout Samuel's lifetime, the Lord's powerful hand was raised against the Philistines. Last verse, the Israelites, villages near Ekron and Gath that the Philistines had had captured were restored to Israel along with the rest of the territory that the Philistines had taken. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites in those days. Change happens when we determine to obey God. When we seek him and we obey him first. It says in Matthew 6.33, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What fasting does is, what we saw in this story, is that fasting led to repentance. It starts with a returning of our whole heart. And before they made any changes, before they took down these idols, before they did anything, Notice what it says in verse 3 and 4. What it says is that he, he told them it begins in their heart. And so what is repentance? Repentance is it's intellectual, it's emotional, and it's volitional. Meaning that intellectually, we have to recognize that we are in rebellion to God. Last week we talked about lawlessness. And how lawlessness is rebellion. It's rejecting God and reject, this rebellion is a sin. And so we, we recognize that when God speaks to us, that when he's pointing out sin, the sin that entangles us, the things that entangle us, he's speaking to us so that we will draw near to him. He is providing a way and an avenue where he's, he's pointing out in a gentle and kind way. And he wants us to, to pick this up and recognize, yes, God, man, I've been rebelling you. I've been, I've been going my own way instead of your way. And then it's also emotional. It's, it's genuine sorrow. It's like when I, when I hurt Jennifer, if I, if I did that, 
if, if I wasn't sorry to God first, then, then it would be out of line. It, it's, a, it's a genuine sorrow of, of, of saying, God, I put myself before others. I put myself before you. And, and God, that's sin. That's sin. I put me before you. And then it's also, it's volitional. It's, it's voluntary. We have to choose. God is not going to force you to change. But he invites you. He, he asks you to come and draw near to him. And so, looking at, at verse 7, the Philistines saw their opportunity of weakness. Which actually provided strength to Israel. What had happened was they saw these people and they're like, oh man, these people are stupid. They're just in the center and they're, and they're crying out to God, this God of theirs. God takes our weakness and he makes it our strength. God, it's God's strength. And so what is fasting? Fasting, Jesus talked about in in, uh, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he, he talks about how do we live a kingdom life? How do we apply the kingdom in our life? And three things are, are in, 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 this, um, in these three chapters. You know, that giving will never end. Praying to him will never end until we go to heaven, of course. And, and fasting won't end. Fasting won't end because he wants us to draw near to him. And so um, the Hebrew word for fasting means to afflict the soul, to bring self into discipline, affliction, to humble the soul, to mortify oneself. Paul, when, when he pursued God, he, he endured, he went through fasting, he went through hardships so that, that we could endure, that we could understand how to follow God. It's, it talks about this in 2 Corinthians 6, 4 through 5. The Greek word, it means to be emptied, one who willingly abstains from food. And so I'm reading a definition. It's this voluntary choice to refrain. The, the biblical definition of fasting is, is to refrain from food and drink at a time, for a time, to give ourselves an opportunity to give full attention to a spiritual matter, to, to deliberately abstain from food for spiritual purposes. And so um, we talked about last week about we have to receive vision from God. God gives us vision. What fasting does is when we fast, what is happening is we're becoming empty and making room for the Holy Spirit to have his way. We're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And what is happening is our, when we don't fast, our body is leading us, our body, soul, and spirit. And what happens when we fast is it switches. The spirit becomes more active, ready to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying, and our soul and then our body. And it's in that order. And so when we fast, God removes strongholds in our lives, and he fights our battles. It says in, in verse 13, so the Philistines were subdued 
And they didn't evade Israel again for some time. And throughout Samuel's lifetime, the Lord's powerful hand was raised against the Philistines. So when we fast, and, and God will speak to you, God does speak to you. When he speaks to you, it is, it's usually the first thing that comes to your mind. If I can be honest, when I, when I, when I pray and I, I'm asking, God, what do you want me to share? What do you want to feed your people? I pray, I seek him, and usually it's that first thought, it's that first thing, and, and he is right on. Every time, somebody always comes up to me and says, and says to me, Danny, that was what I needed to hear. And so, in your personal time, he wants us to draw near to him and learn to hear his voice, and then follow him. Follow him in our workplace. Follow him in our families. Follow him how we teach our kids. He will give you a word. He will give you the word. Jesus said, this is a kingdom application for now. It says in, in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us us. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And so when, when we fast, God removes strongholds. He gives us direction, just like he, he gave uh, Samuel direction when he was judging, when he was leading it says that the, the Lord's hand was raised against the enemies uh, of God. And so we see that we can, we can receive words from God, that God speaks to us and, and, and he leads us. And we do that now by keeping our eyes on Jesus and, and by keeping him, we, we're, we're trusting, we're hearing, we're, we're trusting in his word. And so the moment before the enemy came upon them, God immediately turned the battle around. So when we seek him, he speaks to us. And the moment when the enemy came, remember, they were crying out. They were saying, the enemy is coming. And the enemy just about got there. And in a moment... God, turn the battle around. It's time to dream again. It's time to seek God and draw near to him. I believe that when you seek God this year, that God is going to speak to you. That he's going to teach you and guide you and counsel you in which way to go. You can trust that he is leading you. You can trust in him. He turns our weakness and he turns it into strength. And so what is fasting? What is the purpose of fasting? God asked the question, is this for him or is this for us? And he asked this question in, in, in Zechariah 7.5. He says, say to all the people and your priests, during the 70 years of exile... When you fasted and you mourned in the summer and in, in the early autumn, was it, was it really for me that you were fasting? 
And so we have to ask, is this, is this for God or is this for us? And so when we, when we worship and we fast, it, it also leads us in direction for our life. It led um, for Paul and, and, and Barnabas to be, be leaders in the church to go preach the gospel. It talks about in Acts 13 2, one day as, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul, who became Paul, for the special work to which I have called them. And so as I was learning, I was putting this together through fasting. I'm still learning. I, I've, I found these points by, by Frank Damasio. And, and I found these points uh, important for us. Fasting is to prepare ourselves to receive from God a special word of direction. It's, fasting is to humble the soul, the soul being a rebellious part of man, we are saying to ourselves, soul, you cannot have your own way any longer. You are not the master. You are the servant. It's to afflict your soul. It's to purify your spirit and life before God. It's to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke of sin, and to let the oppressed go free. When we're tangled up, and we don't know what to do. It says in, in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3, when we're tangled up, he says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. Begin to trust, keep. That word keep, it means to trust, adhere, rely on. When he says, trust me, he's saying, trust me. I'm a person. I'm, I'm not just scripture. I'm a person. Yield to me. And, and the sin that so easily entangles us, God breaks it free. Luke 4.18, he breaks things free. What Jesus does is he, we're in this prison cell. We're in the, the thing that we can't seem to break free from. And he comes to our prison cell and he opens the prison cell door and he says, come on out. And we come out and then he steps in and the door closes. And then what happens is sometimes we, we don't know what to do with ourselves at that point. That's the point when we draw near to God. That's the point when we, we begin to seek him with all our heart. But sometimes when we are entangled with sin, we, we try to open the door again and try to get inside the cell. And, and then Jesus is like, what are you doing here? I set you free. I took your sin. I took your affliction. I took it all so that you could have freedom, so that you could have breakthrough, so that you could get up, so that you could sleep. That, so that when you're weary, you can find rest in me. When you don't have direction, and there are things that are too strong for you, I'm your strength where you are weak. He turns our weakness into strength. How do we fast? We, we want to be intentional. We want to create a plan. 
Again, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, and all these things will be added to, to, to you. And so when we fast, we want to decide what we're planning to fast. Whether we're, we're going on a full fast, which is, is um, you should talk to your doctor about this, but it's without food or drink. That's the biblical definition. Or it's to do a partial fast like Daniel did. I, I, I like a partial fast. When, when we are, uh, if we're working a physical job, we, we, you probably want to do a partial fast because uh, your, your body is exerting so much energy. You, want, uh, you don't want to get hurt. And so we have to decide and we have to ask God, what should we do? What should it be for just um, a meal? Should it be for uh, the day? Should it be from 6.30 to, to 3 p.m.? Should it, should it just, um, should it be for three days? Daniel, Daniel's was 21 days. Jesus's was 40. We have to ask him, what do you want, God? Because he, what he sees is that you want to draw near to him. And when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Amen. Then we want to decide, again, I already mentioned this, how long do you want to go? Ask him. Ask God for direction and decide. Here's the important thing. Decide when you're going to pray. Um, There is a point. Verse 9. So Samuel, he took this lamb and he offered it to the Lord as a whole burnt offering. And then he pleaded with the Lord to help Israel and the Lord answered him. It's important to choose when you're going to pray. We've been going through this fast and when Jen and I, we've been praying at the, the last part of our day, because that's the easiest, that's the most efficient time when we can pray. We have to choose and decide what time are we going to pray. Another question that comes up is, what, what if we start a fast and then we can't finish it, or, or something comes up and we start it and then we eat something we forget? Does that mean that um, it was a waste of time? Does that mean that God doesn't hear us? Is it, was it for nothing? And the answer is no. It's not because, because it's never a waste of time to draw near to God. It's never, never a waste of time. And so... The truth is, is that we don't want to be legalistic. We want to focus on the Lord and not food. And what he, is, what he wants is he wants us to draw near to him. And, and that, is, that is the goal, is to draw near to him. I want to end with just these few scriptures
going back to verse 8, Samuel, he offered this one-time sacrifice. And when we, when we read the Old Testament, when we are understanding why do we keep reading these stories, it's to show us that Samuel did it this one time. But then Samuel died. He went, he went to be with the Lord. And then, but it's to show us that Jesus doesn't stop pleading for us. That Jesus made this sacrifice, just like Samuel uh, cut this innocent lamb. They saw that that was what they deserved. They deserved what this lamb was, was going through. They, this innocent lamb was killed. And that was what they deserved. And, and Jesus, that's what he took on. He took on what we deserve. And so when we um, trust in him and put our life in his hand, when we, by faith, accept him as our Lord and our Savior, he leads us, he guides us. He says in, in Romans 8.34, Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us, was raised to life for us, and he's sitting in a place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. And so Jesus is the one who is for you this year. God is for us. He is the lamb that was sacrificed for us. And he, he was the one who, who wholeheartedly prays over us. Even when we don't pray enough, even when we don't pray it right, when we waver in prayer, Jesus doesn't waver. And so, drawing near to God, fasting and praying to God produces this change and breakthrough. And so I want to challenge us these, uh, these next days until the 11th, we started on the 1st and, and, and until the 11th, I want you to ask God to, to ask him, should I go on this fast? To, should I um, uh, join the church? We, we are seeking God for uh, evangelism. How do we reach Juno? How do we seek him? And when we are seeking together, we see through Samuel's life when they all, one church, it was just one day. They chose one day and they repented and they began to seek God. And through this sacrifice, through a wholehearted prayer, God responded. God sent the enemy to the other direction. And so that means that, that happens in our personal life. It happens in our, in our life together as a family. And so there's different, different things to pursue when, you, when you're fasting, when you're drawing near to him. If, if, if we're struggling with addiction to sin, if we're struggling with finances, if, if, if we're asking for national revival, if, if there's negative emotional feelings and habits, if, if there's major life decisions that you have to make, if there's protection against danger that we need, Fasting is a kingdom application that he wants us to pursue for today. He wants you to draw near to him, and he will speak to you. He will speak to you. Amen. Let's just bow our heads, have the worship team coming up.
Jesus, your sheep know your voice. You speak to us. You draw us near. But when we draw near together, you respond. We see through Samuel when, when the nation, when this church came together and they responded in repentance, when they responded in pursuing you, you drew near and you took the strongholds of their enemies and you overcame them and you made them overcomers. And we are overcomers. You are unstoppable. For God, nothing is impossible. And so, Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would help us come to a decision. What do you want us to fast? What do you want us to pursue you for? What vision do you have for us this year? How are you leading us? We thank you for this reminder that you are for us, that you are for us, that you died, that you were raised, and you plead, you were unwavering towards us. God, we trust you. We thank you, mighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.